0: You don't go and ask somebody if your idea is good. You go to ask people for help with your idea. That is powerful beyond belief. Yeah. Because if you know that it's good and God gave you the vision, yes. or the universe gave you the vision to execute something, you don't go around asking other people. They don't know what you know. They don't understand what you understand. And so therefore it's your responsibility to get your people in alignment your tribe in alignment in order to help you to do what you need to do. Don't go asking somebody else for permission to execute your dream. It is your dream. You execute it and you get the people who should help you execute it.
1: listening to Concrete Pastures Podcast. I am Nancy Mulemoisisi. Being an immigrant has been one of the most challenging and extraordinary experiences of my life. It inspired me to create a space that allows for myself and others to share our stories as we deconstruct the world's view of immigrant status. We unlock the joys, the laughs, and the bravery that being a dreamer brings. So subscribe and stay a while as we dive into today's episode. This week, we got some exciting news. We got nominated for the African Podcast and Voice Award. I'm so honored. I'm so excited. It's such an honor to even be considered to be in this space. Thank you to the Association of African Podcasters and Voice Artists. Thank you for seeing us. And we are in the category of Diasporian Podcast of the Year. Oh, my God. Thank you to all of you that continue to show up for us. You've been with us from day one. Your support means everything. We appreciate you listening, watching, following us on our social media, liking, and leaving us comments. We appreciate you. We see you. And it's really, truly good to be seen because there's a lot of hard work that goes behind this. And thank you to the Concrete Pastures team. Truly, I appreciate you being on this journey with me. The voting is open. In order for us to bring it home, you guys need to vote. And we're asking for your support to vote for us to bring this home. To our amazing guests, you make the show. Thank you for inspiring us. Thank you for choosing us. You could be anywhere else you choose us, to inspire us, to shift the way we think for stretching us And today's guest is no different. Kevin Y. Brown is a seasoned multimedia executive who is passionate about Africa's digital future. As an award-winning entrepreneur, podcast producer over 1,000 episodes across different genres with over 30 million downloads across clients. And a tech veteran, Kevin leads AfriPad's multi-country strategy and product vision. Kevin is the host of the Create Your Life series podcast and has been featured or spoken in Forbes, Black Enterprise, Essence, Podcast Movement, Podcast Sessions, TEDx, Series XM, Inc., Magazine, and many more. Welcome, Kevin.
0: Thank you so much for having me, here.
1: Oh, my God. I'm so excited to have you just to give some content to people. It's 6 a.m. here in New York, and it's 1 p.m. in Kenya. Um, I want to start with how we met. Okay. Um, you guys hosted an AfriPad meeting with the Zambian Podcasters. I honestly, I found out the day before you guys were having it, and I'm in a group called Podbreakers. It's a group of people. Uh, creators from African creators from all over the world. And one of our members posted the, uh, the flyer that you guys had. And I was like, oh, I'll join tomorrow. And then I joined, I met you guys. I was like, oh my God, I'd love to have them on <laughs> the podcast just so I, we can, I can learn from you guys. You are a pillar in this space, which we're going to dive into. But i like to
0: start from the beginning. Were you born in New York? No, I am actually, I am from California. I was born in San Francisco, California, and uh, grew up primarily in Vallejo, California. So I'm from Vallejo.
1: Nice.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, wow.
1: So I know you're passionate about foster care. I would just love to dive into how you got into the foster care system and that mm-hmm. how has
0: that shaped you? Oh yeah, absolutely. So I um, went into the foster care system when I was about nine months old um, and I emancipated at the age of 18. Um, how has foster care shaped me? Honestly, I think that was probably one of the the most important uh, experiences of my life. Uh, foster care, you know, was character building. I wouldn't say that it was easy, um, mm-hmm. definitely far from easy. But I think it teaches you a lot about yourself and how to be self-reliant. And um, I think some of the amazing things that I learned was is that, you know, if you really want to make something of yourself or you really want to go out and essentially create your life, which is the name of my podcast, then yeah. you, you are in charge of it. You know what I mean? You're the, the master of your fate and the captain of your soul. And so with that, you know, because there were ex- no expectations, it allowed me the freedom to create um the reality in which I wanted to live, and so with that, you know, I uh, still to this day, you know, I might get an idea in my mind, and then I just figure out how to execute it. You know, those are all um, benefits of having been in the system, as well as being able to adapt to multiple places and different environments. Hence, me living in Kenya. Right, you know, which is an amazing place to live, be in Nairobi. Um but you know, I think that, you know, it it's different from America, right? And it has its pros and cons. The pros definitely outweigh the cons, but it's also just an amazing experience where You know, I can honestly say that I I can see in many ways how being in foster care actually has shaped me and helped me to be able to navigate unfamiliar territory with grace and also as a student, right? Because I think the biggest thing about living outside of your home country um, is being a student and learning how things are done there in order to be able to survive. And I think that that's directly correlated with moving from foster home to foster home, right? Like you have to learn how to adapt and how to um, exist in these different environments um, in different homes and and places. So uh, foster care, you know, it was character building to say the least. (laughs) Wow.
1: I learned a lot about foster care when I came to the US. It's when I found out that you were in foster care, I was like, wow. I see why he does what he does. Your show is very motivating. When I was listening to it, I I came out feeling like I can conquer the world in some way, not even kidding. And I I, I actually picked it to listen to it. In one of the days that I was feeling out out of my alignment and it just aligned me a little bit. I was like, wow. Okay, now I see why he does what he does. And uh, the passion behind what you do um, is encouraging. Because I said this, I think one of my first episodes, that your beginning doesn't have to define you. Mm -hmm. And you actually have defined... But that that word for me, it's like your, your beginning does not have to define you. Just because you start from humble beginnings, because I started from humble beginnings, it didn't have mm-hmm. to define me. You can make your life and it's exactly what you do. You create your life, which is amazing. How was it moving to Kenya? And what got uh, you first of all to move to Kenya?
0: Good question. Um, so in and on December twelfth, I believe it was in two thousand and eighteen, I left America to come to to go to Senegal. Actually, I basically picked, selected six countries that I, five of the six countries I selected, I hadn't been to, and so what I did was, is I just took six months and just traveled throughout Africa. Um, I just wanted to go and be around people that looked like me and learn some of the history and understand the similarities. You know what I mean? Because I'm, for me, I'm I'm I'm, I'm Pan African. Um, but one of the biggest things to me is something like, you know, I, I might see, you know, a Nigerian sister or a Sierra Leone sister or a South African sister or or brother, you know, what I mean, a person from these places. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I look just like, you know, somebody that I know or that I grew up with. And for yeah. me, I'm just like, you know, bro, we're the same people just in different places, right? Like same DNA, different culture is what I what I say. Um, and so I was like, you know, I want to go and I want to learn more. Right. Like I've been to Europe. I've been to Asia and the other places. So let me go and spend some time in Africa and learn about, um, you know, learn about some of these, you know, these deeper history um, of, you know, what it means to be black, what it means to be African. Um, and see the different takes on it, two different countries, right. Like how everybody's doing things. And so I just set out. I spent six months traveling throughout Africa. I came to Nairobi for one week ended up staying for five. It was that great of an experience. And from there, I uh, went back to America and then I was like, man, you know what? I feel like, you know, there's a lot happening in Kenya. I feel like I want to move there. I want to live there, you know? I've always wanted to live outside of the country. And so I left. I, I took about 16 months, got my stuff together, got my things in order, put all my stuff in storage. And, you know, I left. Two suitcases and came to Kenya.
1: Wow. So could you share like one thing you've learned about being
0: on the continent of Africa with everybody? Relationships matter most. I have learned and I have observed how doors will open if you have the right relationships. And so, you know, I think that, you know, grants you merit to be a good person and also You know, you you gotta network. You know what I mean? And 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 that that is uh those are those are those are facts. You know, and that to me that's one of the biggest things that I that I've learned and, and that I appreciate too. You know what I mean? Like people wanna sit down with you, have tea and actually break bread and understand you and have a conversation. And I think that's cool. You know what I mean? And so, you know, and I think another thing too is people like to, you know, they like to see you over a period of time. They like to get to know you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And again, which is a part of relationships, but you know, they want to see you in different environments, see you around, and then they'll begin to open up to you and stuff like that. So it's very that's a very big point, I would say, or a very big observation and experience that I've had living in uh in Kenya and in Africa as I've traveled as well
1: no that is so true we love community it's uh, mm-hmm. it's what we're known for our tribe we have to have our tribe we have to have our Ubuntu. and that's that's how it goes i'm glad you, you're getting into that that's amazing i think it's the only way to survive because it's who you know in order for some doors to open uh you have mm-hmm. to connect with certain people you have to know who knows somebody else but that's amazing so i want to jump ahead and get into where you are now. Okay, sure. How did you get into um create
0: your life? Series. Create your life. Uh okay, so create your life are actually words that I said when I was about sixteen. I wasn't the worst kid, but I wasn't the most the best behaved, you know, teenager. Um and I had this teacher Miss Evans, actually, um, at Jesse Bethel High School, who, you know, she wasn't the, I can't say that she was, uh, she's an interesting lady, because I can't say that she was mean, I can't say that she, um, you know, some of my friends had some different experiences, but I kept falling asleep in her class. Because I would stay up late, you know, as a teenager, we're always up at yeah. night. And so I fall asleep in Miss Evans' class, but I would do all of the work and pass her tests. Wow. And somehow she had worked it out into a formula where I could get no higher than either. It was, I think it must've been a C. She had worked out the percentages in some way where I couldn't get higher than a C. And like, for me... You know, I didn't care about my behavior as much as I cared about what ended up on my transcript. And when she told me that, um, I mean, when when I came to that reality, because she was doing some stamp system and all this other stuff. And you know, I was going through some stuff at home as well. And so what she did is, is, she, you know, I was just mad. And we had standardized testing that day. And so I walked out of the standardized test like, I'm not taking this test like, because I was upset. You know what I mean? That I was getting a C. You know, when I had done the work in order to get a higher get higher marks and I was walking around campus while everybody else was taking a standardized test. And my ninth grade photography teacher, mind you, I was in the 11th grade. I was a junior at this point. um, Miss Wilson and Mr. McKee, who was the vice principal, they were driving around in a cart, making sure all students were inside of their um, their classes. Now, like I said, you know, I would have some behavioral issues, but I wasn't like a bad student. So they were like, Kevin Brown, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing outside of class? I was like, you need to go back to class. And I was like, I'm not going back to class. And it was like, well, why not? And I was like, because Evans is trying to give me a C, and it's not there. And so, you know, they tried to talk to me a little bit about going back to class, and I was like, no. Um, and so, Miss Wilson, she was the... Um, I forget what she was. She might have been, she was somewhere in administrative at that point. And so she took me to her office and then she sat down with me and she said, well, Kevin Brown, you're not going back to class? I was like, no. She was like, well, then I'm gonna have to call your family. And I was like, go ahead. I'm gonna gonna foster kid. You can call there. Ain't nobody gonna answer. And so she called like twice, nobody answered. And I was like, all right, well, whatever. Um, and so she sat me there and she said, well, what you gonna do with yourself? She was like, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, do you really want to know? And she said yeah I really want to know I was like you sure you really want to know and then she said yes and so I said well I want to I want to move far far away from here I want to be happy every day I want to be a host for MTV Um, I want to have I want to be a millionaire I want to have my own clothing company And and she said she said wow you really thought this out and I said yeah and she said well how are you going to do that and I said I don't know and I, I was like, but I just want to, you know, create create the life that I want. You know what I mean? And so, no, I think she said, she was like, you can create the life that you want. Or we both said it was some type of um, collaborative effort, or maybe I said it. I don't remember. And so then she actually, she heard the passion in my voice and things like that. And she and I began to work on what I would call my exit strategy from you know foster homes in California to you know college in Atlanta and, me, and what I mean by that is that we would work on um, like she would help me like fill out my college scholarships she even paid for my me to uh, apply to certain colleges um, and then she taught me how to go out and, and be my own like resource and advocate for myself so like you know if I needed transcripts, you know, for applications and stuff, she would let me, she would walk me to the office to introduce myself to the person in charge. And at that point, it was Miss Garibato. Shout out to Miss Garibato, amazing woman. Um, and so Miss Garibato would, um, you know, I would basically build a relationship with her and then be able to, you know what I mean, get these things um, that these things that I needed. But I would, she was teaching me how to do that with all of the administrators around the campus. So I was actually learning the skill set and didn't know it. Fast forward, I graduated. Um, I went to college in Clark Atlanta University in Atlanta, Georgia, HBCU. Shout out to CAU. Wow. Um, and even there, the skill set that Ms. Wilson had taught me, I used in order to graduate college debt free, which then I would later write a book about 10 ways anyone can graduate college debt free. And I created an online program that taught uh, parents and students how to graduate college for free. And so I did that. And in 2019, I did in those five things, I've done most of them. I was a motivational speaker around the world. um, So that was me being paid to be myself. I was a host for MTV for a little while. So I did that. I moved far away from home. I'm happy every day. Just haven't hit the millionaire part yet. But so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm four out of five. But in 2019, To Japan to speak at the international foster care conference because I got into a lot of like policy and training and things like that in the child welfare system in America, and so I went. And when I was before I went, I was like, you know what? Most people that I know don't really get to travel abroad, you know, and you know, experience stuff like this. So let me share this experience. And so what I did is I uh, I I was I started blogging my experience in Japan. Mm -hmm. And what I would do, I brought my tripod, I brought my camera, and I would set it up or ask somebody to hold it. I would do, like, a quick motivational speech. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I was taking a ton of B-roll while I was there. And, you know, and I went to about seven different cities in 15 days. And that was the Create Your Life series. That was the birth of the Create Your Life series. So that was 2013 when I started recording. Wow. And so... You know, I went. I did it there. Um, so Japan was actually the first series, and you can see it on our on our social media page at CYL Series. You can see all of Japan, and also on our YouTube page, all of the Japan series. There's a Bahamas edition, or it's Japan edition, Bahamas edition, Dominican Republic edition, California edition, and then I did I done all of that, which was a ton of work. Um, and then I just went on the French radio show in Harlem, um, Ash Cash, and you know, my godbrother had been telling me to, um, shout out to Mike Stewie, he had been telling me to be a podcaster since 2005 and I never listened to him. And so I went on Ash's show and I was like, man, this felt good. You know what I mean? It, it was nice. So I, I, you know, after I got off the show, I was like, man, you know what? I'm just going to ask the show manager. And the show manager actually called Ash and was like, this is the reason why you have a show. That's an amazing show. It's a good show. Um, you know, this young man is dynamic. Da, 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 da. So she had these positive things to say about me. So I was like, you know what? Let me just shoot my shot and see if she will... Um, she'll pick it up right and so uh if she'll i mean if she'll take my show my show ideas so I, I took the create your life series from you know japan all of those different uh editions and i brought it to her created a pdf a proposal and stuff like that and was like you know can i bring this show here and do the show here and so she said yes and so at the same time while i was being trained for the radio. Um, to be an on air talent, I also was studying podcasting online. And so I spent, I spent probably like, like to date, I was probably like well over 20,000 hours like working in podcasting, but I just started podcasting, um, taking my radio show and then putting it out as a podcast and, you know, just getting everybody who I knew to be a guest on my show. Um, you know, I've interviewed like NBA champions, NFL champions, uh, Adele Nyongo, who's here in, um, Kenya. Calvin's G money from the mics are open um, Beyonce's dad Mr. Matthew knows uh, tons of people right and, and today we're almost at 200 episodes um, and, and so you know it was just a growing process and so as I became more of a podcast host and talent and of course with radio people started to reach out to me wanting to you know learn tips and advice and have their shows produced so then I launched a company uh, called Podcast Laundry in 2018. And so we began doing production for other shows and for other media houses and things like that. And so to date, we've done over a thousand episodes. We've done over 30 million downloads for different clients. Um, mm-hmm. And during my trip in 2019, when I was traveling through Africa, um, I went and I spoke about podcasting at the uh, Africa Tech Summit in kigali rwanda and you know i gave my presentation and the original founder of afripoz that came up to me and after my presentation it was like wow you really understand this you know what i mean i would love to recruit you to be the ceo of afripoz and i was kind of like "Uh, oh, well you know we can have a conversation and you know see how things work out and so you know we, we went into discussions for a while um and then things kind of uh fizzled out i went back to the states packed up came back and then that's when I met uh, Molly Jensen, who's the current CEO of Afropods. And so me and Molly connected, you know, just from the beginning, we knew each other. I mean, we didn't know each other. We had mutual friends, but we clicked and, you know, became a team. And, you know, the rest is history. I've been on board with Afropods for the last two years, two plus years. Um, and so she and I, we started together. Um, and, you know, we've been working to do some some really great work in order to strengthen and grow the um African podcasting industry. But I, I do want to point out this, you know, while I'm very flattered that you call me a pioneer um of African, you know, in the African podcasting industry, I also want to say that, you know what I mean, there were um others who were here as well, you know what I mean, that, that are pioneers, you know what I mean, oh, who are yeah. homegrown, who are native. And so, you know, I always like to shout them out to, you know what I mean, not not that you weren't, you know what I mean, just you know, just out of respect and appreciation because one of the things that I really value and that I really love is that everybody is so communal. Um, and that we all collaborate, you know what I mean? Instead yeah. of, um, compete. And so mm-hmm. it was always trying to show love to everybody. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Listen, this is part of the reason why I wanted to bring you because you have so much knowledge, so much experience. There's just so much nuggets you just threw in there. I, mm-hmm. I'm sitting back. and like, okay, just keep going. Just, just <laughs> keep going. <laughs> But in all of that success, Mm -hmm. how were you able to, when did you feel like, okay, I've made it? Because I know I'm far from your level, but the hard work that you have to Mm -hmm. put in to get to a certain level is what I'm working on each and every day. When did you get to the point where you're like, okay, you felt like you've made it or was it the first magazine appear as was it when you first got on mtv how was that experience
0: and when did you feel that you know if i'm being honest i don't I, i've never felt like i've made it i don't i don't know that that feeling is one for me um ah. because i feel like you should always be an, i'm an eternal student and i'm always learning right and so i'm always up for a new challenge and so like recently like i um Like, every quarter, I try to, like, find something new. Like, last year, I spent, like, six months in chess class, you know, getting beat horribly bad, but, I mean, like, horribly by, like, five to, like, ten-year-olds in chess because I wanted to learn, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's my approach to life is, you know, find a new challenge, you know, and learn something as well as while you're continuing to perfect what it is that you're good at. But, you know, you want to take a... You want to be a student, um, and so I don't know. I, I don't feel like I've arrived. You know, I'm at a different level than I was before. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the goal is to keep striving. You know, I have this uh, this hashtag that's a personal one for me, which is feed your ambition. And so I feel like you know you I just keep you know just. Just keep going. You know what I mean. So I I wouldn't say that I've arrived. You know what I mean. And I also wouldn't wouldn't compare, right? You know, like what of you just said. You know, that's not being on the same level. You know, I think you know I'm pretty sure there's some things that you do uh, ten million times better than I do. Um, oh, and oh you know, gosh. your focus might have been, you know what I mean, in a different place too, right? I think that that's also one of the really beautiful things to acknowledge, right? Is that people usually become good at what they focus on. And so, you know, at times, you know, there was a time where I focused on basketball a lot. And that was like my thing, right? Um, And, you know, it just happens to be that I've been focusing on podcasting for an extended period of time in many different facets. And so, um, yeah, I I would say that I don't feel like I've arrived or that I've made it. But I'm definitely in a better position than I was. And I can see the growth. um, But I want to continue that growth. So I'll try to stay as far away from, oh, I made it as possible. Um but, you know, and even when I, you know, hit the five out of five goal, um, I'm p i am i have I'll have another set of goals to uh to go to. So, you know, I'm I'm a person who's gonna just gonna keep striving. I don't know that I'm a that I have any plans of slowing down. would you say you're an overachiever? Well I think it depends on who you who you're comparing yourself to. Well, I would say that for me, I try to operate in a place of excellence at the bare minimum. So whatever I'm doing, I try to do it well and, and you know, I, I have a certain standard for myself and I try to abide by that. And so, you know, that, that's, that's how I interpret, you know, the way that I approach things. Um, you know, I want to put that, that Kevin Y Brown stamp on it and be like, you know what, like you can tell he was here. Like I know his style. Um, nice. I understand, you know what I mean? The, the pedigree in which this comes with. And, you know, I think even with us, you know, the, the, re, the, the, Re-launching of recording podcast episodes and, and the new series that we're doing, Africa X, um, which specializes in, and focuses on um, experts from Africa, in Africa, about Africa. When you look at the branding for it, like, I feel like that branding is better than the branding that we had for the show overall. Um, it, though it's similar, but I feel like that gold and that black with that touch of white in it just mm. takes it to a level. And even as, you know, in the last week, as I've been working with my videographer and we have been working to create the assets, asset templates, you know, we spent like hours, you know what I mean? And I've spent hours, you know, creating different samples, trying to figure out which one is better, doing graphic design work, um, you know what I mean? Doing video snippets myself, then giving it to her, her doing the same and then back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, all of these things in order to make sure that we are operating at a certain level. So whenever you see our product, you know what I mean? You can say, hey, you know what I mean? Like, that has, like, you know what I mean? A Kevin Y. Brown standpoint, And even transferring that sentence over, the same thing with Apropos. Like, you know, being an Apropos, I've been leading the product as well as the, um, you know, the kind of the like technical vision, yeah. you know, for where, where we're going. And... You know, in, in some aspects, of course, you know, every company, you know, is, you know, we, we all have areas or uh, ways to improve, but you know what I mean? If you look at where we started two years ago and you look at where we are now, you know what I mean? Like we're light years and it's only going to continue to get better. So I think, you know, understanding the process and how progress actually happens and, you know, making sure that you're operating at a certain standard, your team is operating at a certain standard, I think is the most important thing in, in a way to execute and to actually live your life.
1: Being an immigrant can be hard. Having been away from my home country for over 20 years has allowed me to experience these hardships firsthand. Throughout my journey, I've had a lot of challenges that were hard to bear. Juggling adjustment to a new country, obtaining my immigration papers, getting married, having children, establishing my career, and finding time for myself. Even though I've always had faith, I also relied on therapy, which gave me the tools to cope with the issues life brought me. My fellow dreamers, let's remove the stigma around therapy and normalize seeking help with today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Go to betterhelp.com slash go pastures for 10% off your first month of therapy with better and get matched with a therapist who will listen and help in as little as 48 hours. No, I was actually even going to ask if you're aware of the impact you're making and you just responded to that.
0: Honestly, I don't know that I'm aware. I don't know that I'm aware of the impact because uh, a lot of times when you have your head down doing the work, I think you, you are um you know you're doing the work but you know i hope that it I, I know that the work is important and i know that we are doing the work right and so you know i hope that the impact matches the effort and the intent definitely i,
1: I think it um, is it, i'm it,
0: prayer for, for that and hopeful
1: no i think it is because i think uh, a lot of us are actually even like borrowing from some of the uh, the doors that some of the things that you've done and we're borrowing from that because even me just looking at your website, I was like, oh, my God, I had no idea he did this. I I, I had no idea he wrote two books. Mm-hmm. I, I knew certain things, but then I had no idea you wrote two books. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is inspirational. And part of that is what you are giving to the foster community, to us in, who are starting in this community. I know that you you are into empowering others. To maximize mm-hmm. results, your words. Mm-hmm. How do you do that every single day for yourself? Maybe we can learn Ooh. a thing or two.
0: <laughs> I got you. So yeah, no, definitely. I I'm big in you know people maximizing their potential and results, right? Like that's the biggest thing. Like I feel like the worst thing that can happen to a person is that they never maximize their potential. So how do I do it? I wake up at 4:20 in the morning every morning. To make sure that I'm out of the bed by 4 30. Um, from there, I start my hour of power at least by five. You know, I might take some time to think, um, listen to my daily affirmation and kind of, you know, gather my thoughts. Uh, at this point, my phone is in airplane mode, so I am not distracted by the outside world. Um, I go, I do my hour of power um, from my hour of power after that's from five to six. At about six, I um, I start to get ready and so I'm headed to the gym. And so I'm in the gym from about six, well, I'll make it to the gym by seven, it's a little bit far. Um, so I'm out of the house by 6.30, if not before, then I go straight to the gym, it takes about 20, 25 to get to the gym. Um, I work out um, for about an hour, hour and a half, shower, then I go up to the office. So I'm usually about an hour, hour and a half early to the office. Um, from there, I start to, um, you know, work on, you know, prospecting, doing some outreach and things like that. And then I get into the work day. So I'm preparing and doing things before that. Um, So I'm usually in the office (laughs) from 8.30 to probably around like six, seven. I'm usually the last person in the office all the time. Um, So probably like first and last. Yeah, I'm usually first and last um, in the office. And then I go home, you know, I may go and like check some friends for a little while or something like that, but I try to be in bed by 10. So I can wake up and get to it again. Um, And then you said like, how do I make sure that I maximize my potential? So I started a goals group with some of my friends um, where we actually, um, we set goals for the quarter and we track them by percentages. And we have a weekly standing meeting on Sundays. And that is has been very good. I used to do it by myself. Um, and so, like, bringing my friends into it, it has been, like, amazing. And we've all been able to push each other. And so, you know, we have different uh, quotas, right? So, like, you know, if you if you get less than 80%, hold on. Let me, so everybody has to put in a hundred bucks, right? Uh-huh. And so you put in a hundred bucks, it goes into a pot. If you hit over 80%, the hundred bucks, it, whoever didn't make the the uh, 80%, the hundred bucks is split amongst those who did. And so it's just an incentive. It's not about the money. It's about it. Yeah. We want everybody to be 80% or above. So, um, you know, so that's been fun and it's been amazing to watch my friends also win and grow. Uh, we've all been stretching ourselves and we all get to have these candid conversations about different topics, you know, like we've been talking life insurance, um, health and wellness checkups, uh, you know, therapy, nice. um, working out, you know what I mean, like we, you know, we we're you know, the the funny thing about this approach to things is that, you know, when you set out goals for the quarter or for the year, you're probably gonna hit maybe like Five, 10% by yourself, right? Maybe. If you're saying, folks, there's so many distractions that can happen. But for us, like, you know, three out of five of us hit 80% of the goals that we did. Now, that's a huge accomplishment within a quarter. You know what I mean? A 12, 13 week span of just going in every day, you know what I mean? Knowing that, hey, you know what? If I don't want, if I don't hit this percentage, you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to look good in the group. And so we even have a we even have a number that if you don't hit this number consecutively, like two quarters consecutively, you kicked out for the year. Right. And so it's been fun, like gamifying it. And so like, you know, running a group has been very fun too. you know, checking in with my guys, you know, because it, it, it's it been powerful because I would normally have like very powerful conversations with these gentlemen um, outside outside of this, right? And then be going at my goals. But now I'm like, all right, you know, let's come together as a team, you know what I mean? As the Avengers, you know what I mean? All of these guys who are powerful in their own right, let's put it together, man, and let's start to, um, to synergize the, the geniuses that we all have and make a better reality and better um, outcomes for ourselves by collaborating.
1: I love the accountability piece. Uh, you remind you just reminded me, I was uh, in a group with FeedBanker but it's more, it's also health related, exercising, mental, everything. So we bet every Sunday as well. And th- the same thing, the same kind mm-hmm. of layout as percentages, who lost what. Um, but it's just the accountability piece of it and also having a same goal as a group, mm-hmm. as we wa- this is what we want to achieve. So I actually uh, love that. Um, you guys talk about therapy. I- I'm big on therapy. And it's very rare for, um, I think, our Black community, uh, especially our African community, African-American community as well, Mm -hmm. that it's a taboo to talk about it. Do you mind just touching on that just a little bit? Like, what do you guys talk about? Maybe someone might learn
0: from it. It's not so much of talking about the things that we may discuss with our therapists as much as elaborating are making sure that we're going to therapy. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yes. Okay. Um. So you know, but there are things that you know you might bring to the group. You know, like, hey, what do you guys think about this? Or you know what I mean? What am my, you know, one of one of the guys actually in the group is actually he is a a therapist. Um. Mm-hmm. But you know, we're not getting therapy sessions but if there's some things that are deeper that we need to discuss then there is a conversation that can be held in a safe space um where guys can be open and candid right and i think that's an important part you know we were talking about health you know you know with uh you know make sure that you're doing your checkups you know which is super important right you know being on the preventative side versus the you know reactive side And so, you know, you you just have a space where, you know, you come in together and it's like, you know, like mind. And, you know, I'm just happy to be the glue in there. But, you know, we we talk about, you know, I'm like, hey, man, you know, like on my goal list is 13 for the 13 weeks. My number for therapy is 13. So, you know, I, I want to hit all 13. Now, if you fall short of glory a little bit, that's okay, but it affects your percentage. So you better figure to get to your eight in the way. And realistically, I'm saying 80 is the minimum, in my opinion. And that's, that's the reason why there are percentages like you'll get kicked out because we're not going to lower the standard. Like, realistically, I think everybody should be at 90. And that's what I'm going to work to. But as the person who's facilitating the group, I have to essentially get my guys in shape for us to, you know, put goals that stretch us and then also make a stretch in order to get there. So I'll do check ins with the guys and stuff like that. Like, hey, man, you know, this, that, and the third. Like, uh, for example, at the end of this last quarter, Um, you know, two of my guys, they were going to end out at like 70 something, 77, you know, 76. And so I called him like a few days before. I'm like, yo, bro, what's up? You know what I mean? You, you going to get this done or what's going on? I need you to, I need you to stretch. You know what I mean? And one guy I talked to, I got back from Portugal on the Saturday. He, he, I talked to him on Saturday night and I was like, bro, you just going to stop at 77? You know what I mean? I'm like, I need you to. I need you to step it up. I need you to jump, jump in here with me. Um, and he stretched and he made it to 80. You know what I mean? And you know the other one, my line brother, he made it too. You know what I mean? And he did, he did his in a week. And, and it was a lot to focus on and a lot to accomplish in that week. But it's just you know what can we all accomplish with that that focus and that um, you know, and that positive affirmation and somebody having your back. Because also for me, there were a couple of things on my list um that I had cold feet about, and so I actually had to call. I had to call my line brother and talk to him. He, like, basically had to give me a pep talk in order for me to call this company in order to open up an account. But, like, he spent, like, 30, 40 minutes on the phone with me. I was like, man, I don't know why I have Kofi. You know what I mean? I, I'm feeling, you know, I, I feel like this. I was like, I don't know, you know, what the situation is. He's like, yo, man, It's okay. Um, You know what I mean? It's all right to have these feelings. He was like, but you know what I mean? You're going to execute this, thing. and other. And I was like, bro, I'm going to do it today. You know what I mean? I'm going to call you back in a couple of minutes. Da, 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 da. And we talked for a while, even after that. And he was like, call me back when you get it done. And so I called him back when I got it done. You know what I mean? And to me, you know, that could be seen as a form of therapy, right? Um yeah. Where somebody is is holding space for you to be vulnerable, to be able to acknowledge. Somebody's acknowledging your feelings. And yep. then you're able to push through and just be like, hey man, um, you know, get to the result. And that's that, to me is what it's, you know what I mean? It's about, we get results around it.
1: <laughs> oh, amazing, amazing. So I'm gonna to jump to your books. Uh, you sure, already right. touched on one of them, which is 10 ways you can graduate with no debt. You already touched on that. Uh, do you care to just expand a little bit? The other one is 10 Successful Secrets You Learned from the Interview with Beyonce's Father. It's actually amazing. I was like, this is genius. Like you interview someone and you took that interview and turned it into a book. I haven't seen that. And <laughs> um, just... Do you care to sh- to share with us what actually inspired you? Because we get inspired from me talking. Me sitting here, I'm inspired. But to turn this into a book, what got you inspired to do that?
0: I met Matthew Knowles randomly. Um, I was at a conference, the Black Enterprise Entrepreneur Summit, and he, we sat down at the same table. Um, and, you know, he was working on some things and, you know, the guy who I knew, uh, you know, who's a gentleman, I guess, a mutual acquaintance of ours, you know, talked a little bit about, you know, podcasting. And I said, you know, hey, can I interview you? You know, I have all my stuff. Uh, you know, at that point, I was walking around with a podcast studio on my backpack. Yeah. And so, you know, he said, he said, yeah, um, I went and interviewed him. Uh, he actually came in from a workout, said, I have 15 minutes for you. And, and uh, we ended up sitting and chatting for 47 Um, and you know, the thing about him is, you know, again, I'm not here to judge people. So I don't, I don't get into that. of course The thing about Matthew Knowles is there was a lot to learn from him. He had a lot of knowledge. See, people don't understand. Matthew Knowles was making six figures way before he, um, his daughter became a star. He was also a music executive way before his daughter was a star. See, and, and he talked a lot about his humble beginnings being from the south and growing up picking tomatoes and things like that and i thought that you know for a person of his stature who has mentored many people and who has gotten you know has created i think the biggest star since michael jackson there's validity and a lot of what what we call in the bay area game you know what i mean that he had to share yeah. you know which you, you acknowledge right and you know, I thought it was worth sharing, you know, especially, again, the biggest star since Michael Jackson. It, it, you know, I, I thought it was a no brainer. And, you know, the book is free. It was for people to basically, you know, you sign up for our email list. Hey, here's a book, you know what I mean? Of, um, you know, that I, the lessons that I learned from, you know, Beyonce's dad. Um, and, you know, those lessons were life lessons. You know, one of the biggest, things, you know, I can't quote them all off the top of my head because I wrote the book some time ago. One of the best things that he said that I will never ever forget. You don't go and ask somebody if your idea is good. You go to ask people for help with your idea. That is powerful beyond belief. Because if you know that it's good, then God gave you the vision. Yes. Or the universe gave you the vision to execute something. You don't go around asking other people. They don't know what you know. They don't understand what you understand. And so therefore, um and so, therefore, it's your responsibility to get your people in alignment, your tribe in alignment, in order to help you to do what you need to do. Don't go asking somebody else for permission to execute your dream. It is your dream. You execute it, and you get the people who should help you execute it. That's a bar. Send me that quote.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that, that like Oprah says, tradable moment right there.
0: <laughs> that was an accident, but that was definitely a bar.
1: Yeah, no, it, it is important because the, mm. the vision is in your head. And a lot of the times, even when I, I started this, it's it's still coming. Like nobody knows the the plans that I have in my head until I like give it. Because it's what's been downloaded in my head, in my system, in my spirit. You would not know I was going to be reaching out to you after our meeting. It's just I felt like I needed to reach out to you. Everybody who's been on this platform I have to have that. It's almost—it's like a nudge. And the more I don't even reach out to it, the more it that nudges even more. Okay, so I'll jump back to your book. You—you ta- mm-hmm. uh, you already spoke about the successful secrets you learned from uh, Mister Knows and. Mm-hmm. So, do you mind sharing with us the um, the ten ways on how to graduate with no debt? Because I wish I met you years ago, <laughs> before I graduated, <laughs> because I needed to graduate with no debt at all. Oh
0: yeah, no, I mean it's important. Um, so, I mean, graduating from college with no, graduating from college with no debt is, you know, mm-hmm. it's a mindset. Right. And I think what you have to do is you have to go into school saying, all right, how do I minimize these expenses? I think one of the best ways to go about doing this, you know, you might want to attend the junior college um, first, you know, in America. I'm talking from an American perspective. Is you want to attend the junior college, go to JUCO two years, get very, very affordable. First two years out of the way, then transfer to a major institution. while you're there at the JUCO, um, you know, get all of the scholarships and join the societies and things like that, that you can so that you can have the money to go. Um, once you get to the university, I think one of the big things is to go ahead and look and build the proper relationships with the people who can put you in a position to be funded as a scholar. Those are some of the pillars. You know, off the top of my head, I don't remember. I graduated college a little while ago. Yeah. Um, but the book is on Amazon, um, and it's evergreen. The way that I wrote the book is evergreen, is that anybody can pick that book up. And actually minimize their student um, student loan debt. And I think you know one of the best things that happened to me about that book is I remember I was doing um, some speaking engagements with Spotify, and we were going to college campuses and things like that. And these college campuses, you know, the students were like, "Oh my god, you're the guy who wrote this book." I had a young lady say, "Oh my god, you're the guy who wrote that book." I used that book, I got so many scholarships from that book, and I graduated, you know, and I'm about to graduate with very, very little, you know, to no debt. And so, you know, like, those testimonials of people actually, you know, you know, really using the tools has been amazing. Um, And I'm grateful to have had the opportunity to have that impact, you know, and also grateful to be able to have went through the experience, you know, myself, Um, because being, having lived a life with no debt, has also allowed me certain freedoms that my peers didn't have and so I, I would say that i've lived a bit unconventionally um due to that and you know something that i'm grateful for
1: wow no like i said i wish i met you <laughs> or met the book
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: many years ago so you work for afripads and uh, <laughs> that's how we actually met Could you just Mm -hmm. explain what AfriPads is and uh, how it's beneficial to all of us in this space?
0: AfriPads is a pan-African hosting and distribution platform focused on the African creator, um, both on the continent and throughout the diaspora. Our mission is to build the largest library of African stories on the planet while empowering African creators to take up as much space as possible and get paid for the genius. The work that we're doing at Afropod is super important and beneficial um, because I think the biggest thing that we do differently than others is we're focused on the African creator and we are really, really, really um, involved in the creator space and the podcasting community. And what does that mean? That means that we have ups like How We Met You, um, we have meetups in different countries with different people, and we take in feedback from the creators on the ground and actually implement it into our tech and into our strategies in order to build a better ecosystem and industry. You know, and that to me is what matters, right? It's building a product for the people on the ground that they want to use, and that is for them. So essentially, it's for for us by us.
1: Wow. So how do we, because a lot of us, are in this space and for a lot of people like my community um we want to know and learn how to monetize what we are doing like how Mm -hmm. are you helping the people on your platform monetize their um their podcasts
0: sure so i think you know one of the one of the biggest things is number one acropod is free um as opposed to platforms, right? So I think that's a way of uh, alleviating some of the financial stress that creators have, you know, when trying to figure out what tools to use, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Ways that we're going about helping um, podcasters is that when we see podcasters who reach a critical mass of listenership and streams and downloads, um, you know we're we're willing to introduce them to advertisers and help them to go out and, and teach them even how to go out and fish for themselves, but also to help them um you know negotiate advertising deals. So that's one of the ways but I think you know one of the biggest things to really that creators need to have an eye on ad revenue is okay mm-hmm. but really make money if this is about making money for you. number one, you're in the wrong game because podcasting is. It's a long game. So if you're immediately trying to worry about how to get paid, it is yeah. probably not gonna work out for you. It's the same thing as if you're a YouTube creator, right? Um, but people usually podcast for three reasons to increase their income leads or authority. But see, here here becomes the thing. If you could podcasting helped me go from being a four-figure speaker to a five-figure speaker. Nice. By using my influence as a podcaster and a radio talent in order to make money in that arena. Plus, you can also create uh, products um, and do coaching and all of these different things. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? I I would encourage the creator not to be so focused on, oh, I have to make ad revenue, but to look at the other ways in which you can actually make money as a podcaster because there are many and there are many ways to market. So there's many ways to go about executing executing for podcasting yeah Mm -hmm. and so i think that that's you know the real thing about it is everybody a lot of times people are like oh how do i make money how do i make money it's like bro you don't have a community you don't have an audience you haven't put out any episodes yet like you know what i mean like this is going to take some time for you to build up and so it's important for you to understand that like one of my first questions uh for anybody you know when i'm on the production side and someone coming to me and saying hey i want to do a podcast is you know Mm -hmm. what's your goal in six months, what makes this a worthy investment for you? And you need to understand that because, you know, like I said, income leads or authority is the reason why people podcast. So if it's about income, then your show is going to sound a certain way and your cost to action will be different. If it's about leads, then your show will sound a certain way and it will be about you know what I mean? Your calls to actions will align with that. So it's very important for you to be very clear on why you're doing this and how long you'll give yourself, I guess, quote unquote, before you make money. And I think that that may not be the best way to go about it, but you know what I mean? It, it is a long game and it's one that you're going to have to be patient with as well as diligent, for sure.
1: Beautiful. Uh, when you were talking, all I could think about was whose blueprint were you, you know, when I, Before I started this, I was looking at Oprah. I was looking at so many people in the industry as to learn uh, a lot, just to learn. I was just like a sponge, just like you. I mm-hmm. was learning podcasting before I even launched my first episode. Like mm-hmm. I spent so many hours learning, so many hours. What was that for you? Whose blueprint were you following or... Who are your mentors in this space? Mm.
0: So I studied a lot of YouTube. When I, te- like, I became obsessed. And I, like, I would, my radio show was at 5.30 to 6.30 EST at the station. I would get to the studio on a Sunday probably at, like, 2, 1 or 2, be working on all of the stuff for my show, and then I would stay for hours afterwards. Sometimes even past midnight, one, two, and just be there watching YouTube, studying, working on my skill set, my editing. Um, you know, and watching YouTube videos of different people. So mm-hmm. I watched a lot at Flynn, um, smart passive income, and then I watched a lot of John Lee Dumas. But I would more so. I was more so studying their business model. Yeah, and so I really, um, I, I just, but I spent a lot of time on YouTube. Even now, I would say that the majority of my time is still spent on YouTube, like learning from people and just learning different random skill sets. So, it really, real realistically, a lot of my blueprint is a hodgepodge of other people's stuff and things that I learned over the years. Right, like I already knew how to market because. I um, you know I spent time as a motivational speaker and that's all that's what you have to do. you have to market your product, um, which is yourself. And then when it came to um, like branding and stuff like that, well I'm a coding designer by trade, but I also had to take you know design classes and typography classes and graphics and all of these things. So I know how to use all of these programs before Canva and all of that stuff. So I had the skill set and this eye because of how detailed my teachers were and things like that. So a lot of it was, was that. And then in in terms of being able to speak on the microphone, you know what I mean? Like, you know, just being a confident person, you know what I mean? So being able to, it's, it's a mix of a lot of things. So it wasn't just one blueprint, but there was a lot of studying and trying to understand and asking a lot of questions to myself and also to peers who, um, who knew more than I did, just about different aspects of business, different aspects of being on a microphone. So honestly, I think curiosity was probably the biggest and still is the biggest aspect of um, driving me to be, you know what I mean, a success in the industry and in the business is that I just ask questions and I sit back and I observe, even here in Kenya, like I'm asking a million questions and observing and, you know, inquiring, okay, well, you know, how does this work and things like that. And I think interviewing is uh, people underrate the skill of interviewing. You know what I mean? Because even when I talk about Beyonce's dad, Mr. Matthew knows, he said he had 15 minutes for me because he thought that I was gonna go in there and ask him about his daughters. When he, at least this is my interpretation, yeah. when he figured that I was there to really learn from him, that's how we got to the, you know, the past the 45 minute mark is because he we you know wanted to talk about his experiences and the things that he's contributed, you know what I mean to being a music industry mogul, right? And creating again the biggest star since Michael Jackson. And so I think that you know you have to understand people, you have to understand who you're interviewing. you know that's the big part of podcasting. And then you also have to understand that your podcast is not about you. Your podcast is about your listener. You know what I mean? And you need to make your guests feel as comfortable as possible for them to be able to open up and give you the nuggets, the tangible things for the person who is uh, on the listening end to be able to receive and to use in order for them to go out and create their best life and get the results that that they've always dreamed of. And to me, you're in service when you're hosting a pod, and that's the important part. And I think a lot of people miss that, that you're in service.
1: I love it. I want to thank you for being bold to create such a great life, a great um, blueprint for all of us to uh, take from. My last question to you, with all Mm -hmm. of this achievement, you being in all of these magazines, um, really creating your life to to the way that you wanted, even though it's four out of five, according to Mm -hmm. you. To me, it looks like it's five out of five. Thank you. Do you feel fulfilled at this point in your life?
0: Define fulfilled for me.
1: More like if you found your success, you found, like, I'm okay being here. I don't... Like, at this chapter in my life, I'm good. I know you want to achieve a whole lot, to give to the Mm -hmm. community, to be of service. But do, do you feel if something had to happen today, God forbid... Do you feel you've been able to accomplish everything that you wanted to accomplish at this point and you no. feel fulfilled?
0: I haven't accomplished enough yet. Knock on wood about what you said before, but uh, no, I think that, uh, <laughs> no, nah, there's, there's more to be done. There's more work to do. So it's important to, um, it's important to, to stay humble, stay active, uh, stay calm and, you know, still be in service.
1: The work is not done. Nice. You, sir has been, you've been very generous to me and kind. I'm so grateful for you taking time and it's such an honor to have you. I wanted to give you your flowers for everything that you've been able to do for us in our community and that you continue to do. How can people support you? How can we find you? How can we find the incredible show that you have, Create Your Life series?
0: Oh, no, absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you for giving me my applause. Um I really appreciate it. Um, you know, sometimes we're just doing the work and we don't get the acknowledgement, but still, without the acknowledgement, you still keep doing the work and hope and hope that it impacts, you know, others. than that, you know, others see it. Um, you can find me on all social media platforms at Kevin Y. Brown. That's Y as in yellow. So Kevin Y. Brown. Um, but the podcast is more important than I am. Um, at CYL series on Instagram um to create your life series it's on all streaming platforms but please listen on afripods and you know if you are a self-starter or a person who wants to become a self-starter and you know is looking to live life on your own terms this is the show for you and especially tap in because we are highlighting amazing people who are on the continent of africa trailblazing and i think that this africa x series it looks good um the content is great and I'm excited to see where it goes. You know, we're having some discussions and I'm really, really, really wanna see the impact and how this, uh, this blows up. So, um, you know, join, please like, and subscribe. Um, and, you know, follow our, our, our social media pages and follow the podcast. There's more great content to come, I promise you. Like, you know, we're not gonna let our foot off the gas with this one. This is a really, really good, um, it's been received very well, this, this series. And I, I'm excited. And it also lends to the vision of why I call it the Create Your Life series versus the Create Your Life podcast, right? Because I knew that later on in 2000 and, 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 you know, whenever, 13, I knew that it would grow legs, you know what I mean? And that we would be able to do a focal series like this. And I'm just, I'm excited for how we'll be able to help amplify the amazing work that people are already doing.
1: Well, I I receive it for sure. Create Your Life series is definitely a show to listen to. Thank you so much.
0: Pleasure,
1: pleasure. I appreciate you taking time and pouring into us and inspiring us. So thank you so, so much. Kevin, thank you so much for inspiring us, for sharing your powerful story with us. And thank you. For being bold enough to create a roadmap for the rest of us, I appreciate you. And while I was listening to this message, Dr. Miles' message came up. It's titled The Power of Vision. I took a little clip that I wanna share with you guys. The greatest gift God ever gave man is not the gift of sight, but the gift of vision. Sight is a function of the eyes. But vision is the function of the heart. Sight is limited to the capacity of the eyes. Vision is limited only by the boundaries of the imagination. Sight restricts you to the present, but the vision releases you to the uncharted frontiers of the future. Sight captures the present, but the vision captures the future. Sight deals with what is. Vision embraces what could be. What is your what could be? Kevin, thank you once again for showing us what could be.